through the act of Kiddush, we as Jews believe that we are called to witness to what our Shabbat stands for, the creation of the world, the Torah that obligated our sanctification, and ultimately, the existence, omnipotence, and omniscience of the God who created the world and sanctified the Sabbath. Welcome to Bible 365, episode 167, Jonas Phillips and the Sabbath Witness. I'm Mayor Soloveitchik. We return to the story of Jonas Phillips, the early American Jew from Philadelphia, whose daughter's wedding, as we have previously discussed, was attended by a signer of the Declaration of Independence. When the Constitutional Convention met in Philadelphia in 1787, Phillips wrote to its president, George Washington, complaining that under state law, all public office holders in Philadelphia were required to affirm that the New Testament was given by divine inspiration. This, Phillips wrote, quote, is absolutely against the religious principle of a Jew, and it is against his conscience to take any such oath, end quote. Phillips then asked that the convention create a country in which, quote, all religious societies are on an equal footing, which means a country where all faiths were able to serve in the legislature while remaining true to their respective beliefs. What is most fascinating of all about this letter is that at the top, Phillips put not only the secular date, but also the Hebrew one, even though he was writing to the Constitutional Convention, which contained not one single Jew. Phillips was saying that he was simultaneously part of his society, but at the same time, firmly bound to his Jewish identity. Fascinatingly, Phillips would soon after this find himself connected with another matter relating to religious freedom, a series of events that took place on the Sabbath. And Phillips would end up reflecting the prophetic message of how this sacred day is bound up to our own identity as Jews. In chapter 20, Ezekiel brings a message from the Almighty describing Israel's rebelliousness at the time of the Exodus. But in the process, the obligations of Judaism are also summarized, with special mention being made of the Sabbath. Verse 5, Thus saith the Lord God, In the day when I chose Israel and lifted up mine hand unto the seed of the house of Jacob, and made myself known unto them in the land of Egypt, when I lifted up mine hand unto them, saying, I am the Lord your God, in the day that I lifted up mine hand unto them to bring them forth of the land of Egypt into a land that I had chosen for them, flowing with milk and honey, which is the glory of all lands. Then said I unto them, Cast ye away every man the abominations of his eyes, and defile not yourselves with the idols of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. But they rebelled against me and would not hearken unto me. They did not every man cast away the abominations of their eyes, neither did they forsake the idols of Egypt. Then I said, I will pour out my fury upon them to accomplish my anger against them in the midst of the land of Egypt. But I wrought for my name's sake that it should not be polluted before the Gentile, among whom they were, in whose sight I made myself known unto them, in bringing them forth out of the land of Egypt. Wherefore I caused them to go forth out of the land of Egypt, and brought them into the wilderness. And I gave them my statutes, and showed them my judgments, which if a man do, he shall live by them. Moreover, also, I gave them my Sabbaths, to be a sign between me and them, that they might know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. Thus, in his discussion of the Torah, Ezekiel's prophecy singles out the Sabbath, as well as at least one of its central roles and goals, to be a sign between me and them, that they might know that I am the Lord that sanctify them. Ezekiel repeats this, re-emphasizes this aspect of the Sabbath in verse 19. I am the Lord your God, walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them and hallow my Sabbaths, and they shall be a sign between me and you that ye may know that I am the Lord your God. 
Of all the commandments of the Torah, Ezekiel emphasizes the Sabbath as central to the Jewish mission, and he will include it in his spiritual and moral messages in the next chapters as well. Dr. Tova Genzel notes that Sabbath rituals will also be central to Ezekiel's visions of the final temple yet to come. And she further points out that Ezekiel's language here emphasizes something new about Sabbath observance that is not necessarily stressed in the same way elsewhere in Scripture. Quote, What makes Ezekiel's attitude toward Shabbat special is not that he mentions it more often than do other prophets, but that he views Shabbat as a sign and symbol, not of the creation of the world, but of the special sanctity of Israel, that you may know that I, the Lord, am your God. He gives two different meanings for this sign. Moreover, I gave them my Sabbath to serve as a sign between me and them, that they might know that it is I, the Lord, who sanctify them, verse 12, and hallow my Sabbath, that they may be a sign between me and you, that you may know that I, the Lord, am your God, verse 20. The first meaning of the sign is familiar to us from the book of Exodus. You must keep my Sabbath, for this is a sign between me and you throughout the ages, that you may know that I, the Lord, have consecrated you, Exodus 31, 13. But the second meaning, Shabbat's testimony that I, the Lord, am your God, is a concept unique to Ezekiel. There is no parallel to it elsewhere in the Torah. This accentuates the importance of Shabbat. Through its observance, the nation not only expresses its sanctity, but also testifies to and calls to consciousness the fact that the Lord is their God, end quote. What this means is that the Sabbath bears both a universal and particularistic message. On the one hand, the day commemorates the creation of the world, the making of mankind in God's image, which is the foundation of the biblical doctrine of the equality of all human beings. But built into the Jewish calling is the unique obligation through the observance of the Sabbath to testify to the world, to witness to the world, all that the Sabbath proclaims. That is the role of the Jews. It is all the more striking then that in the early 1790s, Jonas Phillips, not long after lobbying for religious liberty to the Constitutional Convention, was called to testify in Philadelphia court on a Saturday, as courts were then in session six days a week. Phillips refused because Saturday was his Sabbath, and presumably because he believed that true equality demanded that he be allowed to obey the dictates of his faith. We don't really know the larger details of this case. All we have is the following recorded. Quote, In this cause, which was tried on Saturday the 5th of April, the defendant offered Jonas Phillips a Jew as a witness, but he refused to be sworn because it was his Sabbath. The court, therefore, fined him 10 pounds, but the defendant afterwards, waiving the benefit of his testimony, he was discharged from the fine, end quote. Thus, Jonas Phillips was subpoenaed. He refused to attend on the Sabbath. He was fined for his Sabbath observance, and then eventually the fine was lifted. Now, from a Jewish perspective, here is what is amazing. Showing up in court on the Sabbath does not involve a biblical violation of this sacred day. It is true that Beit Din, the Jewish courts, never meet on the Sabbath, but that is because of a rabbinic enactment. Yet Phillips clearly felt that if Gentile Americans honored their Sabbath by not having court on Sunday, then he was obligated to equally uphold the honor of his Sabbath by refusing to testify. And it struck me that for us, as Ezekiel emphasizes, Honoring the Sabbath is a form of testimony. Indeed, to this day, the tradition of many, if not most Jews, is to stand for at least part of the Kiddush, the sanctification of the Sabbath, every week over a cup of wine. And that posture stems from the fact that witnesses stood in Jewish court 
while testifying. In other words, through the act of Kiddush, we as Jews believe that we are called to witness to what our Shabbat stands for, the creation of the world, the Torah that obligated our sanctification, and ultimately, the existence, omnipotence, and omniscience of the God who created the world and sanctified the Sabbath. In other words, what is extraordinary is that Phillips, in refusing to give testimony, was actually testifying for, witnessing to, honoring the Shabbat. By refusing to act as a witness in a Philadelphia court, he was engaging in testimony on behalf of his faith. The Shabbat's commemoration of creation is the foundation of human equality, and it is this equality that the American promise heralded. But witnessing this message through the Sabbath is a Jewish mission, and Jonas Phillips embraced it, testifying about the Shabbat to the world. And he was not the last. Perhaps the most eloquent expositor of what this form of witnessing might involve and why it is so important was Menachem Begin. Now, Begin, ladies and gentlemen, will be the focus of Bible 365 tomorrow. And to paraphrase Captain Louis Renault from Casablanca, I know you are all shocked, shocked that I'm spending so much time this week talking about Begin. But be that as it may, it is Begin who truly gives us a good example of Ezekiel's description of Jews witnessing to the Sabbath. In the early 1980s, Begin was attacked in the Knesset by the opposition because he had issued an order that El Al, Israel's national airline, would no longer fly on the Sabbath. In response, Begin waxed eloquent describing the love and the dedication that the denizens of his hometown had showed for the words of the fourth commandment. Yehuda Avner, who was there, describes what Begin said, quote, Forty years ago I returned from exile to Israel. Engraved in my memory still are the lives of millions of Jews, simple, ordinary folk, eking out a livelihood in that forlorn diaspora where the storms of anti-Semitism raged. They were not permitted to work on the Christian day of rest, Sunday, and they refused to work on their day of rest, Saturday, for they lived by the commandment, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. So each week they forswore two whole days of hard-won earnings. This meant destitution for many, but they would not desecrate the Sabbath day. End quote. So Israel's prime minister remembered his brethren from Eastern Europe. But then Begin, as he was wont to do, connected his own experiences to Jews from a different culture and land, thereby highlighting what unites Jews across time and space. As the catcalls from across the Knesset hall increased, Begin spoke suddenly of Sephardic Jews and their own dedication to the Sabbath sanctity. Avner writes, In Greece, he said, there is a port city called Salonika, which had an extensive Jewish population before the war. Most of the port workers there were Jewish, and on Shabbat they did not work, though stevedores would forego their pay rather than desecrate the Shabbat. Non-Jews, Gentiles, accepted this as a fact of life, and the port was closed on the Sabbath day. Imagine that! End quote. At this, Begin was again attacked by a socialist member of the Knesset, and in response, the Prime Minister sought to point out the irony of the purported friend of the working man attacking Sabbath observance. He said, Let me tell you something, my dear socialist friend. Shabbat enshrines a social-ethical principle without peer. Shabbat is one of the loftiest values in all of humanity. It originated with us, the Jews. It is all ours. No other civilization in history knew a day of rest. Avner further writes how when someone snickered and said, put on a yarmulke, Begin bellowed, chutzpah, I speak of our people's most hallowed values and you dear stoop to mockery. Shame on you. And then, raising his arms as he was wont to do, Begin waxed eloquent as to how the Sabbath throughout the centuries bestowed dignities on human beings and how Jews gave this gift to the world. Are we, he said, in our own reborn Jewish state to allow our blue and white El Al planes to fly to and fro, as if to broadcast to the world that there is no Shabbat in Israel? 
Should we who by faith and tradition heard the commandment at Sinai now deliver a message to all and sundry through our El Al plains? No, do not remember the Sabbath day, forget the Sabbath day. Then to those who spoke of the monetary loss that would be incurred, Begin had already rejoined her. He said, there is no way of assessing the religious, national, social, historical, and ethical values of the Sabbath day by the yardstick of financial loss and gain. And he added, if it were not for the Shabbat that restored the souls and revived the spiritual lives, week by week of our long-suffering nation, our trials and vicissitudes would have pulled us down to the lowest levels of materialism and moral and intellectual decay. More than Jews have kept the Shabbat. The Shabbat has kept the Jews. Begin, Avner reports, turned and limped painfully from the podium, but suddenly stopped, turned, and said, This house should know it is not necessary to be an observant Jew to appreciate the full historic and sacred aura that enshrines this perfect gift called Shabbat. Its prohibitions are not arbitrary. They provide insulation against corrosive everydayness. They build fences against invasions by the profane, and they enrich the soul by creating a space for sacred time. In a word, one need not be pious to accept the cherished principle of Shabbat. One merely needs to be a proud Jew. End quote. We have sent you Yehuda Avner's article describing this scene, from which I have quoted part of his glorious description. Sometime after this event, Anwar Sadat was assassinated. The funeral was in Egypt on Saturday, and Begin attended. And while he was there, surrounded, no doubt, by crowds who did not think very highly of the Prime Minister of Israel, Begin nevertheless refused to be driven in a bulletproof limousine on the Sabbath. And to this day, we can see a picture of him walking, as always in his suit, in the sweltering heat of Sabbath in Egypt. Ezekiel spoke of the rebelliousness of the Jews brought out of Egypt, to whom God communicated the Sabbath. And now, the Prime Minister of Israel returned to Egypt, and there, before the eyes of the world, openly observed the Sabbath and testified to all that it proclaimed. One need not be pious to accept the cherished principle of Shabbat. One merely needs to be a proud Jew. This is what Begin said. This is what it means to testify in our lives to what Judaism proclaims about the world. And a proud Jew, of course, is what Jonas Phillips was. Amazingly, his own testifying, through refusing to testify, earned an important place in American legal history. Stanford professor Michael McConnell, an expert in law and religion, has called the case in which Phillips was involved, Stansbury versus Marx, the, quote, first recorded case raising free exercise issues following the adoption of the First Amendment, end quote. Testifying to the Sabbath is what Ezekiel asks of us. Jonas Phillips rose to the occasion in America hundreds of years ago. Menachem Begin did so in Egypt. And we, studying Ezekiel, are called to be inspired by their example. This is Mayor Soloveitchik, looking forward to learning together tomorrow, signing off.